This week on Out Now with Aaron and Abe, we are talking Mother! 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 Mother. Wait a minute, I forgot my introduction. We are now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and as always, this is... Abe, good morning. Out Now is a film podcast where Abe and I discuss new movies weekly. We cover some various movie topics, jump into a mostly spoiler-free review, then jump back into other fun movie topics. This is episode 299. 299. 299. We're one away from the episode that we keep talking about. Episode 300. Yeah. Which, by the way, we're going to talk about a little bit more. We're going to get some planned shirt up here. That's absolutely true. Yes, but for the time being, 299. Aren't you out of your mind? That's exactly what I was going to say, but I was sipping some water. <laughs> well, yeah, that's that's what's happening this week. Um, and for the main feature of the week, we're talking Mother! Exclamation mark. I, I said it. I know, I was just pointing it out. That's why you had to shout it. <laughs> Every, everyone knows, because people flocked to the theater this weekend to see Mother. Oh, they did. They really that, and did. They, and they gave it nothing but positive praise, as we'll get that's to. Right, yeah, CinemaScore <laughs> loved it. Yeah. Uh, but joining us today to talk Mother, we have from Award Circuit... He's still working on that sink, so don't sit on it. It's Joseph Reverman. Hey there. And from Lenoir Artur, from the Ashes of Destruction, it's Terrence Johnson. <laughs> Hi. Terrence, good to back have you back on the show. Joseph, good to have you on for the first time. I know. Welcome. Newbie's honor over here. Always, uh, always good to get new guests on the show. And yeah, Terrence, we've been trying to, or sorry, John, <laughs> Joseph, we've been trying to get you on for a while here. Uh, but no, it's okay because we've had Terrence coming on, so it's worked out. <laughs> one let's, side uh, is fair let's let's get to some show notes stuff real quick first up um new commentary track is coming uh, we do a commentary track every month and uh, this month uh we're gonna do generally do these in the month of release but we try to tie them to like movies that are coming out but we figured why not do this one a little bit in advance so we're gonna do a commentary track for blade runner uh this month that's the that's the plan uh keeping the classics alive i guess since we did bonnie and clyde last month um, but that should be a fun one. I think there's a lot of things to say. And of course, it's in anticipation of the upcoming Blade Runner 2049, um, rumored to be a whopping two hours and 45 minutes. <laughs> so we'll see how that goes. Only. But, uh, wow, this is news to me. Okay. You did not. You didn't see that. The, the, that's the rumored okay. runtime right now. Completely. I love three, a good long runtime, so I'm okay with that. Complete with the three short films because there's not enough narrative. <laughs> two hours and 45 minutes to to prepare you for this movie. Uh, but yeah. Let's see, what else? Um, iTunes reads ratings, good to get those. Helps out the show, helps other people find the show. If you want to log into iTunes, search Out Now with Aaron and Abe, you can do that. You can give our show a, a, you know, a rating. You can also uh, give us a little written review. That'd be great. Yeah, thank you very much in advance. Um, we also, Abe, we had a new Out Now Nights, Nights. episode we released. Uh, we had a, 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 lo- a longer discussion on It that was more uh, spoiler-focused because uh, we had a, didn't have enough to say about It in the first review. Well, we, we, we certainly wanted to get some uh, differing points of view, but also touch upon some other things that you and I talked about off the mic after we recorded. And I was like, yeah, I was glad to have the extra discussion around the issues that, we, that we've that we had with it. Yeah, you can, so you can find that episode, which uh, featured uh, Tyler Smith and Peter Paris over on uh, on iTunes as well. That's uh, that's up now. Uh, but yeah, that was it. Now that said, we've been focusing a lot on a movie I consider to be pretty so-so. What mother seems like it's a movie that deserves much more discussion. So uh, we're gonna we're gonna get to that in a little bit here. 
Um, but first up, let's do some know everybody. Rachel, we ask each other a question or two, try to set the tone for the podcast. We better get to know everybody. Know everybody. That was good. That wasn't bad. That was a good one. That was good. <laughs> uh, I'll start this one off this week. Okay. Question for you guys. Have you ever been stuck in your own house? <laughs> oh, my God. Yes. Um, I've had... <laughs> Not really, actually. I'm trying to think. I've had sleep paralysis, and I've stuck, like, in my bed, but that was, like, the closest thing to being stuck in my house. <laughs> oh, God. It's that's, so that's, uh, that's pretty spooky. <laughs> the that's, worst thing you can have. Yeah, that's terrifying. I was just going with, like, the power was out, so the garage wouldn't open, so I could go out the door, but I couldn't drive no. it. Like, Wait, that you, <laughs> you, you couldn't go out the other door? The the one with the manual lock? There's Yes, there's a way to manually do it, but at the same time, like, well. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've ever been stuck in my house. Terrence, you laughed. Do you, do you have yeah, I have. Just because it's like when I probably when I was younger, a little younger, and I didn't have the key to the front door, so it was like, well, I guess I'm not going anywhere because <laughs> there's there's no way I can leave the house and like leave the door open uh, in order to get back in. I mean, if you close it, it looks locked. Yeah. That's, that's not... the logic Berkeley Abe uses. If it's closed, <laughs> it looks locked. Yeah. As well, he walks around in his straw hat and bare feet. <laughs> totally not me. <laughs> and um, <laughs> coveralls. This is the depiction I have of Abe when he's are you, he, I was like, are you describing the guy from One Piece, the anime? <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right. And that's how you play Know Everybody. Know everybody. Seamless. <laughs> <laughs> the best way to do it. Perfect. <laughs> Let's move on. Now. Let's get down no quickies. Tim. Each week and out now, we'll move the week that I talk about during the week. Week now, the good piece. Tim, that was. I took I took a deep breath. Yeah. I took it, and I let it all out in words that are easily decipherable if you slow that down. Abe, have you seen any other movies this week? I did. I got a chance to watch Sing, and I also watched Speed again. And Sing was all right. I think the thing that makes it uh, fun to watch is the the contemporary music that they use. and the, the animation's all right, and the story's all right, but um, uh, the the I didn't realize that there were so many actors that were in that movie that, that you lend their voices to the characters. I you didn't think that a movie about a music competition featuring many different people would have very various celebrities voicing them? Well, I mean, just like the range of celebrities. I, I definitely knew that there were going to be celebrities voicing it, but just everybody that was involved was like, wow, I, I didn't realize it was... Uh, and now I can't even think of any. Now I feel embarrassed. McConaughey and yeah, Witherspoon McConaughey, and yeah. Taron Egerton and uh, Seth MacFarlane, of course. Seth MacFarlane, yeah, exactly. So I, I liked it for uh, being, you know, lighthearted and good fun nature and kind of surprised that it was from Illumination because <laughs> it was weird to have those minions show up and then I was like, oh, okay, all right. But uh, the other reason why I watched Speed was I was listening to a different podcast and they were talking about uh, Point Break and I was like, I should go on this Keanu kick right now. And Speed didn't disappoint. Well, did you watch it with our commentary? I didn't. I should try that one day. <laughs> the commentary I got to eat speed? our own food, right? Yes. <laughs> well, when you cook your own food, it always tastes great. That's true. I don't know what that's Rup- a reference to, but yeah, that's true. Just general logic. When you cook oh, okay, your own food, right. it always tastes great. I was like, that, I don't think that's a line in Speed. No, it's just your... <laughs> The line in speed I go for is when Harry says, you know, you get a cool, you get a cheap gold watch, and Keona says, cool. 
That is a good line. Move on from this. Uh, anyway. Terrence, have you seen any other movies this week? Um, I saw It earlier this week. You were late um, on that one. I was. I was trying to duck and dodge spoilers for it. Um, I, I enjoyed it. Um, I did have like some problems with I think the score is awful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, <laughs> I agree. I like the score. Okay. Like it's overbearing. It's it too much. <laughs> um, I think that some of the characters were rendered a little thin, um, but for a movie that was, you know, two hours and fifteen minutes, it was pretty solid in terms of like being a coherent narrative. So yeah, I enjoyed it. And then I saw Chasing Coral uh, on Netflix, mm-hmm. the documentary which I thought was uh, very beautiful. Somewhat depressing, I would say, too. Probably, right? Yeah, like, the subject matter, very depressing. But as far as Did seeing, that release this year, or is it from a previous year? It's this year. The new, okay, it's a upcoming potential contender, then. Yeah, I kept getting emailed by the press rep being like, hey, it's on Netflix. Hey, it's on Netflix. You know about this movie on Netflix, and I was like, I will watch it now, <laughs> and I enjoyed it. <laughs> is um is Academy Award winner Fisher Stevens involved in that one? I don't know. I'm trying to remember because Fisher he, Stevens he, is an Academy Award. Wait, he won for a documentary. Oh, okay, all right. He's like he's a producer on one of the documentaries. That one that was about like the like like ocean climate. <laughs> gotcha. Ah. Uh, I just like saying Academy Award or Fisher Stevens. Yeah, like, I guess he must have won for, uh, you know, something I didn't see a long time ago. It wasn't that long ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the, the documentary. Right. I'm trying to pull it up. It's taking forever right now. Hold on. <laughs> All right. He won for uh, The Cove. There it is, The Cove. Oh, the Cove. yes. I'm getting yes, confused yes. with Chasing Ice, which was not nominated, but the song was, I think. Yeah, the song, yeah. Yeah. It's a great song. We always sing it. I mean, it's a great song. We know. <laughs> <laughs> um, Terrence, as far as your thoughts on it, I mean, it's clearly America seems to agree because it made another $60 million this week. Not a yeah. big drop, 51%. I that's, know. That's, that's, that's a very, for a horror movie especially, that's right. that's yeah. not small. So, so this movie is clearly uh, a hit. Yeah, they're definitely going to make five five more parts. God, I hope not. <laughs> they're only doing one more. <laughs> They're not going to do uh, interstitial movies with all the characters in between now no. in 27 years. Although they did say that they filmed a lot of stuff with the kids that they're going to use for the next one, since the next one is supposed to be about adults. Than as adults. It'd be, I'll be curious how they do the next one, since it's, you know, compared to like the book or the miniseries, it's where they're, it's juxtaposed. This one is strictly the kids in the first one. I'll be curious if they do more flashback stuff in the second one. Uh, I'm guessing that budget is going to go up to 90 million if they're especially if they're trying to rope in like academy nominated actors. Well yeah, I'd have to just based off the casting alone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cuz everyone really likes Andy Machete. He's like, "Yeah, I'll work for free. <laughs> I'll work for scale on the movie. Why not?" <laughs> yeah, I mean they get free snacks over at the craft services table, so that's enough. <laughs> that <laughs> That's how it works. Yeah. yeah. I don't know how Hollywood really works. You guys are down there. <laughs> Joseph, have you seen any of the movies this week? Oh no! It's uh, because it's Emmy Day. Like I've been binge watching oh, yeah. all everything that I needed to catch up on. So I binge watched. I think This Is Us for like a whole week. Mm-hmm. That was pretty much it. Then I watched The Night of yesterday. So no well, I movies. Like the Night of. Yeah. So potential upset right there, but okay. we'll see. Who are you? Who are you rooting for in drama and comedy? 
in drama and oh, drama Westworld. Even though there's no shot in hell it's gonna win. I love that show so much. Um, comedy, long shot would be Master of None, but I know Veep is probably gonna win. You don't think Atlanta has a shot? Mm, I think Donald Glover does. Um, yeah, that's probably true. I don't think Atlanta. Mm-hmm. All right. I've uh, I saw the other two new releases of the week. Um, first up is Brad Status. This is the new film from director Mike White, writer director Mike White, starring Ben Stiller in a very Ben Stiller type role as far as his dramatic work goes. That said, I I like the movie. I think it's it's pretty good. It's not great, uh-huh. uh, mainly because it deals with things that you've seen many times before. As far as kind of somewhat quirky indie about an older white man going through somewhat of a midlife crisis while dealing with his child. Um, mm. That said, the movie, what I like about the movie is that it very much calls attention to what it is. It's not, it, and it doesn't. It's, it's almost apologizing for it, but it's not whining. <laughs> That's really what I can say. Like, it's not trying to make you like. You know, it's not screaming at you, care about me because I'm this. It's familiar, but it's still affecting for what it's doing. Um, and some good performances there. I think Ben Stiller and the actor that plays his son in the movie. They're like on a college trip for his son, who like has potential to go to Harvard. Um, it's it's well performed. Um, it's pretty minimal as far as like White's direction and what have you, but like it has its moments. It has solid supporting cast with like cameos because uh, Ben Stiller plays like a guy who he runs a nonprofit, but like he has other um, other friends from college who have all gone on to be like way more successful. Played by Luke Wilson, uh, Jermaine Clement, uh, Mike White himself, and Michael Sheen. Michael Sheen in like complete Michael Sheen mode. Um, as far as <laughs> really kind of like <laughs> very insufferable, basically. Yeah. yeah. Like, like him in Midnight in Paris, like, taken to, like, the extreme. Like, that, that's that kind of Michael Sheen. <laughs> but, like, it's fine. It's, it's okay. okay. Um, the other one I saw is not an okay movie. It's terrible. It's American Assassin. Yeah! The commercial for CBS's new TV show? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I haven't seen it yet. But <laughs> that's, what, uh, that's what Anna's been saying to me. That it should be, uh, it looks like it's a TV show, it, American yeah, Assassin. Yeah, the trailer is cut like a TV show trailer, except it just looks better. I mean, it's more bloody, and there's more people just yelling swears at each other. So, I mean, by default, it's a it's a movie, I guess. Yeah. But it is not good. It is in um uh, London is fallen territory. As oh far wow, as it's kind of like, like kind of wildly racist. Wait, oh god, yeah. As far as the kind of the the xenophobic things going yeah. on, the that kind of tone of a movie mixed with just poorly shot action that's not that impressive. Um, a pretty standard. Who directed story. this movie, by the way? Uh, the, uh, what's uh, what's his name? Um, the guy that directed Kill the Messenger, uh, with Jeremy Renner. Michael Cuesta. Oh, Michael Cuesta. Yeah, there you go. Okay. Uh, How was Dylan O'Brien? Dylan, he's pretty standard. Now, what <laughs> I there's one thing that I did latch onto with this movie, and I, I wrote about it in my written review uh-huh. more, but um, it, there's this weird like metaphor for Hollywood in it, where you have Michael Keaton as like the old pro who's like you know, the mentor of Nolan O'Brien. And he's like, you know, he's an actor who got big with Batman, but, you know, only only now is becoming more of like a character actor that's in a lot of, the, a lot of these big parts. But like, you know, after Batman, he kind of came nothing. Like he just, he did roles here or there, but you, you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the film's villain is Taylor Kitsch, who was, you know, the, like, presumably the next white action star in, in oh, that God. 2012 year where he's in like John Carter, <laughs> Savages, and Battleship all back to back. And he yeah. didn't really go anywhere. And all now terrible this movie because he's like, <laughs> he didn't go anywhere with this. And then, so now this movie, or the, the new character is Dylan O'Brien, who's like the latest young new white action star. And it's like this yeah. weird, like, this is what Hollywood does. It gives you this, this, this thing, and it throws you out. And so the, the thing that got thrown out, Taylor Kitsch, is back as the villain now. So it's like... It's, and it, is he good? 
he's I mean it's Taylor Gitch like we like Tim Riggins like we he's do fine like Tim Riggins. there's yeah. nothing really there's nothing special about uh, him. he doesn't go beyond that performance though let's be honest so he's, he's never been that great yeah, yeah. so, so he, he's not role. gonna get another star in role is what I'm hearing and like Keaton's like this is like as Scott Mendelson said this it's like it's Need for Speed Keaton as opposed to you know Spotlight Keaton oh, like it's Jesus. not it's it's not Keaton that is like <laughs> it's him being like really like loud and like kind of manic yeah. like it's that kind of Keaton which is not a bad thing it's just like yep this is him hamming it up in a movie well as opposed is he to... dropping TLC lines no <laughs> it's not the other guy's Keaton no <laughs> it's not the not the best Keaton as we call it <laughs> he doesn't want no scrubs. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm interested to see American Assassin now with that with the Hollywood framework in mind. Well, that that's what kept me kind of interested. Like, well, I can think of it this way because that's kind of neat. But as far as the movie goes, it's not good. Like, it's uh, it's really and yeah. it's it's almost two hours and it's very. What's weird is that it it has no like twists in it. Like so everything it's very kind straightforward. Of, it's very straightforward to the way we're like, but like even the things that you kind of expect to happen, like certain characters turning bad, like those things don't happen. So it's just like it's the most straightforward it could possibly be, which is kind of it's really strange. So it just it doesn't have anything to go with beyond some occasional fancy camera work to show brutal action. But but the action's not shot well, you said. Yeah. Oh, in addition to the Hollywood thing, there's also a Scott Adkins in like a supporting role, which is like the like the guy who's, who's <laughs> Wolf never Warriors one Scott movie. Adkins. Yes, Wolf Warrior one Scott Adkins indeed. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's it's not good. It is it is a really bad movie. Well, I mean, I might we might have to do it out. Is it worthy of like a Now Now Nights episode? No, no, it is not worthy. Of oh, <laughs> it's not even bad fun. All right. I mean, it has things like there's stolen Russian plutonium. Like it's like that kind of. It's like, come on. Like well, what movie? I mean, when the trailer is telling you lines like "It's him, Irene. It's Ghost." Yeah, uh, it's... yeah. That's like that's not very much selling me on anything except for this is a bad, poorly written script. Very, well, very. It's, it's, so it's it's based off of like a 16 book novel series. Right. It's like based 17. on one of the most popular. Seventeen. Oh, Seventeen. Yes. Holy and this cow. one's like like book eight, which is apparently like book eight was when they decided to do the origin story. Jeez. Like so, it's like okay, so they they took the middle of the series, went backwards to I guess give Dylan O'Brien like a role to be like if they if this is successful, he can keep doing these and it'll grow. Yeah, he signed. I heard he signed on to do three, which makes I I see that, but yeah, the movie yeah. made fourteen million this weekend. It's not crazy expensive. It's like thirty three million. Okay, uh, but I can only is the Maze Runner series over by the way? Is yeah, still... no, they, they're more. making that. Yeah. They made that. There's only one more. It was after his accident. They kind of put it on pause. So yeah. It comes out next. They moved it a couple times based off his accident, but uh, which is weird because like he had Deepwater Horizon and this is like he's been busy. Like right, <laughs> he's been doing stuff. Yeah, been I think he stuff. did Deepwater before. Before that made, that would make before, the most. Before and then this one after. Yeah, yeah, because he's talking. He's talking about an interview. So it's yeah, like, like you know, addressing that fact. But yeah, the next Maze Runner move. What's that one called? Um. <laughs> The last Allegiance. one? Death Maze Runner Allegiance. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Send to be a TV movie. Speaking of, you know, YA franchises that have kind of terrible endings like Divergent did, uh, I think people will be slightly disappointed in the, in the way the Maze Runner series ends. Mm. It's supposed to come out... It's supposed to come out January 26th. Okay, so yeah, it's... Yeah, the January date sounds... That's not very. Uh, uh, well, I mean, yeah, because like the first comforting. one was like a hit. No, we were talking a lot about Maze Runner. <laughs> the first one we, was we like we enjoyed the Maze Runner. The first one, but yeah, I did like the and the the second one. There's still good stuff in it. it just became more of the kind of cliche YA sci-fi movie that you kind of expected <laughs> from the first one, and it wasn't. Yeah. Um, 
but I feel that the third one's basically it for fans' efforts. Like, yep, yeah, you saw these two, so we're making this one also, and you can see it, and then it'll be over. <laughs> right. But regardless, American Assassin, not a good movie. Let's move on. Okay. That's on our quickies. Yep. Let's move on now. Let's get to our trailer talk, where we talk about one of the newest movie trailers of the week, when it's coming out, what we thought of it, and what have you. And this week, we're talking All the Money in the World, a film that I feel like pe- very few knew about before <laughs> seeing this trailer arrive, because it's another Ridley Scott film which I think he just made way quicker than he expected because now they're pushing it for like an awards consideration because it's coming out in December. Yeah. Uh, but this is another Ridley Scott film. It involves the um, the true story of the kidnapping of uh, the grandson of J. Paul Getty. J. Paul Getty, who's played by the richest man in the world at that time in the 70s. He's played by Kevin Spacey, who's layered in makeup. Um uh, the the film deals with this kind of giant ransom situation that's become very popular. It's like very heavily in the press. Uh, Michelle Williams plays his mother. Mark Wahlberg, of course, um, <laughs> plays plays a uh, so random. Yeah, yeah but, plays a, yeah. like a lawyer, security guy involved with the. He's he's the Delroy Lindo to Michelle Williams, Mel Gibson in Ransom. That, that'd be he is the Michael Clayton of the Ridley Scott cinematic universe. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh, with all that said, let's, uh, let's, let's start with you, Terrence. What do you think of the trailer for all the money in the world? Um, I thought it was a little over b- the top. Um, but because it, cause it just looks so slickly made and then Mark Wahlberg pops up and he's just Mark Wahlberg and you're just like, Oh, okay. Um, I do think that it's intriguing that they get right to the, you know, premise about how j paul getty you know at the very the tag at the very end where he's like i'm not paying any money that's a really fascinating thing to sort of end a trailer about a kidnapping on because you're like well what the hell is going to happen next um and you know michelle michelle williams does frazzled very well um so i'm intrigued to see it everybody's been talking about kevin spacey you know in the in the oscar blogger film section of film twitter uh, and so it's going to be the that, battle of the makeup men between yeah. uh, Gary Oldman and Kevin. Gary Oldman. Yeah, yeah. I think he's yeah. going supporting. They're going to push him supporting, even oh, if he so? is lead. Yeah, you know. Yeah. What about you, Joseph? Going. Joseph, what do you think of the trailer? Um, I thought it was okay. I was shocked that it was it had such a lighthearted tone. It's like whenever they tackle like I feel it's trend now. Whenever they tackle like rich people and rich stories, like kind of like the Big Short and Wolf of Wall Street, they kind of get it's like this crazy like black humor sort of tone to it so well, they're, they're just like you and i right i mean yeah, that's what exactly. that's you know it's just trying to relate to to gum yeah. you know so young folk like us on that <laughs> front um but it was solid i mean i'm intrigued i guess i just hope it's not another like body of lies or anything so but Abe, how about you i thought it was a really cool use of the the song um by the zombies but uh it, this is totally what i would expect a doug loves movies mark Wahlberg movie to be which is like, oh, I'm going to be in that movie where I'm going to save the richest man in the world's grandson. I was like, this is kind of funny, but uh, I guess they're going for serious. Because we mentioned before, it's like, why is Mark Wahlberg in this movie with you know proper British people and whatever the case is? And, and I guess Kevin Spacey. And then it's like, Mark Wahlberg's going to be here. He's going to be your liaison to, and he's probably going to do some action stuff. Um, I'm curious about where it's going to go. He's not going to do action stuff. I mean, they're making a lot of assumptions about Mark Wahlberg. He I know, act. I know. I'm just <laughs> joking. I'm just joking in terms of like, the action stuff. But uh, it, I'm curious as to where the story's going to go because, like what Terrence mentioned, there's a very uh, plot-driven line at the end there where Kevin Spacey says, I'm not going to pay for anything. So I'm, I don't know what happens. 
I mean, I, I'm certainly curious. I, I mainly because it's Ridley Scott's going like twice in a year. It's like, okay, he really put up the energy to make this movie now. And uh, it's a story I'm interested in seeing how it plays out. I'm very curious how, if there's going to be acting with Kevin Spacey or if it's just going to be him under a bunch of makeup saying lines. Um, I like Kevin Spacey at the same time. Those kind of performances tend to irk me when they're like assumed to automatically be amazing because they exist. So I, it's similar to kind of, Steve Carell, or Steve Carell, or more recent Meryl Streep. Um, yeah. It's mm, a lot okay. of like, okay, okay, let's put a lot of stuff on them, and then you know, because they're a respected actor, you just kind of assume. Um, ideally, it'll be better than that. As far and I'm coming out darn down hard on Kevin Spacey. I shouldn't have to. I like Kevin Spacey a lot, uh, and I'm very intrigued by him going full on <laughs> Getty with the makeup and everything. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, well, I mean, I'm, no, never mind of Wahlberg. For as far as I concerned i saw him in deep water saw him in patriots game i thought he was solid in both of those the last time uh, i saw him on screen i mean so he's not, hasn't he's not you know doing next level work but at the same time he's been doing stuff i'm not you know looking down upon so mm-hmm. you know, i'm fine with whatever he's up to and yeah michelle williams is a solid actress you can keep this whole thing together as she acts frazzled like you said terrence so i mean it's <laughs> i i am curious i i I like Scott's for his, you know, his depiction of process. So I'm curious how plot driven this will be versus how much we'll see of the kind of like similar to, I guess, like Tony Scott's Man on Fire, where it's, you see a lot of the business behind kidnapping. I'm curious if we'll get kind of that angle in this film, given we already know Getty's stance on what he's going to do. So see how that plot plays out mixed with what's going on, with the whole kidnapping at play. Um, yeah, we'll see. Uh, All the Money in the World opens in theaters December 8th. So right in that uh right in the right in award season. season yeah yeah so <laughs> let's uh, let's move on then guys let's get to our let's get to our main review for mother please come in hello hello he's a stranger we're just gonna let him sleep in our house hello hello did you know he had a wife What are you doing in their luggage? What do they want? God help you. That should have been some of the trailer from Mother. Darren Aronofsky is back with a film that seemingly dropped out of nowhere. Following his epic take on Noah, he scaled back considerably with a film that he's claimed to have written a first draft of in five days. It's Mother, and it concerns a couple, Jennifer Lawrence and Javier Bardem, who are living in an idyllic home in the middle of nowhere. They are interrupted by the sudden arrival of a man and eventually his wife. Bardem's character, referred to as him, is very accepting, though Lawrence's mother character is more confused than anything as the two are allowed to make themselves at home, only to have more and more people arrive, further upsetting the peace. Many things occur as the film goes on to put it into strange territory with an unsurprisingly, which unsurprisingly resulted in an F cinema score this past weekend, let alone low box office returns. I want to ask you, Joseph, what did you think of Mother? And did you think it was advertised properly? Oh, of course not. I mean, I only saw the only time I ever actually saw the trailer was that little sneak preview right before it. And so I was thinking it was just pure horror. Um, And so the allegorical territory it went to and the way that it unfolded really caught me off guard. I was 
I had a hard time with that movie. I'm not going to lie. There were I never would walk out from a film, but this is the movie that really pushed me to that limit. Um, but I'm glad I sat through all the way. Um, because after like digesting it a little bit, I could appreciate its brilliance. So I like Mother. Um, I wouldn't recommend it. I wouldn't say necessarily liked it. Or I Yeah, so take that back. Take that back the like. I did not like Mother, but I deeply respect it. And Borderline loved it. So... I, I should I should say as we as we continue going because there's that's that's like three that's three responses to uh, did you like mother yeah well, the film is obviously polarizing I mean there are people there's walking out of the theater well yeah I'm gonna it. say right yeah. we're gonna we'll see what happens as far as spoilers go if we go into spoiler like full on spoiler territory we'll make sure to kind of mention that but as we stand we'll be playing it fairly close to the vest before we as we yeah. as we move through it so let's get to you Terrence what would you think of mother um. It's the best film that I've seen this year. Wow. That's a bold statement. Jeez. I I loved it. Um, I saw the first trailer and then avoided everything to do with the movie. I muted the title, the actors, the director on Twitter. I, you know, dodged every film review and just went into it pretty much cold. Um, and did not expect it to go where it went. Um, I'm not surprised that it got an F cinema score because even if you went and like, I didn't go into this movie with any expectations and I was still shocked, <laughs> you know? Um, so I can't imagine going into it with expectations, but no, I, I love it for the, I think the, what made it so great is, is just the brilliance of, of the filmmaking and how it all came together. It's super crazy. Um, Jennifer Lawrence, I would, she should be nominated for another Oscar. Totally. Um, for the work that she did. Michelle Pfeiffer, too. Throw her in there. Um, yeah, I just thought, I love, what I love about it, I think, is that I came out of it with a particular reading on the film. And then I, like, Googled the movie because now I was like, oh, I can read about it now that I've seen it. And everybody else has had a different reading of it than I did. And it has just enhanced the movie experience for me because I keep going back to certain parts and I'm like, oh, that's what they were talking about. And that's how they came to their conclusion. <clears throat> so, yeah, I, I really dug it. Hey, I have no idea what you're going to think of Mother. So I really want to know. <laughs> I'm curious what you kind of expected going in and how you felt coming out. So going in, I was expecting a Darren Aronofsky film with some undertones of religiosity um coming out i didn't like mother that much and it's uh it's similar to um i guess uh what joseph was saying of just it, it when you think about it later perhaps you can match some stuff to it but for the most part i was just really getting um what i felt like i saw was this artistic piece of whatever moral that he's trying to dig up for an audience but it kind of just winds up being uh overly artistic if that makes any sense and it just is like oh this could be this is ambiguous on purpose and it could be anything to, for anybody and i'm just not down with that because i think that's kind of just more or less a cop-out of, of a movie that you perhaps are trying to make and it's interesting that he wrote and directed <laughs> And I I liked that it goes bonkers, 
but up until up leading to that, there's just not a whole lot that I can really take away from it. I can't really take away anything from the uh, the ending of the movie either. But that that little intermediate piece, where uh, maybe like a four or five, maybe even longer, a longer piece, that I could take away something from that. But I just didn't like the overall uh, movie for for I guess what it could be telling you because I just thought this is just an overblown um, movie for general audiences. I will say I, I admire that Paramount did this as far as they put, this isn't like, you know, it didn't come out on like just LA and New York the first weekend. They're like, we're putting this out into 2000 screens yeah. <laughs> and we're going to, and we're going to market it uh, as best as we can do. And honestly, based off the marketing, I got the movie I expected. It's, it's certainly quite crazy, but as far as like, I don't need to be I'm not being told exactly what it is, but I'm still intrigued by the nature of Darren Aronofsky making a movie that's unsettling in some way. Now, it's unsettling in ways that were maybe way more <laughs> extreme um, as far as the amount of people that show up and the ways it goes on a cinematic level as far as really. I mean, the third act is just some virtuoso work as far as the amount of activity going on throughout one house and the way you're exploring these different rooms and what have you. But even beforehand, I liked how I, I really like this movie, by the way, I'm with Terrence. I think this movie is fantastic. Um, and I, I, if you're talking about kind of what it's trying to do or what it's trying to say to an audience, I, I enjoy that. It's both intensely personal and also very, very open to interpretation, which I think is you know, a sign of any good art where you can kind of take it in various ways. But I think there's also some very, specific allegories you can see in it's just based off what characters show up who they are and what have. i mean you have a man and a wife and their sons there and the kind of the way that progresses from there there's a very specific narrative being told um and can i tell you that i did not even pick up on that until my friend and i were talking about it yesterday which i think is completely fine i mean there's yeah. like, there's so much to take in within the viewing <laughs> where themes occur to you after the fact that's not from if anything regardless of people walking out of theater what have you i think the best thing this movie does is promotes a conversation um because there's Mm. there is a lot to take away from just how it's filmed the how kind of esoteric it's trying to be uh, as far as having stand-ins for certain things with these characters or what have you and what they're what the movie's telling you explicitly versus what it's not telling you but you can kind of infer um on a general levels i mean i think the performances are all very strong i i think jennifer lawrence is very good in this film i think javier bardem is very well cast uh, in his role um there's a very specific performance i think that needs to be put forward and i think he's doing a terrific job with it um the various other people that show up i think all I'll get the movie that they're in at the very least. Um, but I think there are some solid supporting performances here. Um, many, I, I'm like, Terrence, I'm like, yeah, I didn't, I didn't go out to like, see like who else is in this movie and what's going on and what have you yeah. read stuff after the fact. But there, there are certain people that show up some that are like, yeah, that's a person that I figured would be in here. And others are like, that's a person I did not figure would be in this movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, the, uh, the cinematography by Matthew Libatique, who's done terrific work with uh, Aronofsky yeah, throughout his career. Yeah. The, he, this is, this is next level stuff he's doing in this where it's, it's locked oh, yeah. pretty much on Lawrence's character throughout. Oh, yeah. Like it's great. It's, it's a lot like, um, yeah. a lot like the film, a son of Saul where that film has a very yes. specific perspective. Yes. It's, which is almost like a video game where you're like kind of this third person perspective. It's like type behind thing. the shoulder. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. 
it has a very it's very much like that is it, all, there's a, I can come to think of it there's a lot about Son of Saul that's kind of familiar with this movie uh, but there's a lot of other movies as well you can kind of call them like a lot of Polanski work you can think of uh, Louis Buñuel I can think of this there's a ton of different things that you can go into as far as inspiration but no as far as as I was saying as far as the, the filmmaking goes there's for a movie that I can't imagine cost very much there is a lot of kind of interesting visual choices and the way it kind of goes about constructing the scenes and what have you, I think is very impressive. Also, unlike anything I'm seeing this year, which is also a reason why I should celebrate a movie like this because it's not just, again, it's not just some like, Hey, this came out on a couple screens and you might see it. This movie's in wide release with big like a list stars. And the fact that it's out there right now, it's the kind of thing where I, I shun those that say there's never anything original coming out of Hollywood when Paramount's like, well, how about this? Like, it's just, it's crazy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I, can get, I do think I can get behind you on the the techno aspects. I thought that the cinematography was really well done as well. The, the sound design, is yeah, the exactly. sound design is incredible. I was actually okay. just gonna send that, uh, mention that too. The sound design is incredible in this movie. Just the creaks of the house, how fall or how hollow things sound, or how far away things are. Um, and again, I, I it reminds me of uh, a James Bond film. Just that I really got geography for the house. Not that they're the same in terms of theme and tone. But uh, James Bond tends to do that for some of his uh, horror movies, so I definitely got the feeling of the of the house, and it's it's you know I I don't like it as much as you guys do, um, but it's certainly the best Thanksgiving movie I've seen in my life. So uh, you know you can take that for whatever it's worth. That being said, though, I I just I don't like that you could I I certainly got an interpretation interpretation from it um, during that that crazy third act uh, piece the beginning of that third act piece um and i that's actually my uh, metaphor i guess for the hollywood fame type thing and i was like this is very well done in in that aspect but um other than that i mean i just thought there were a lot of sort of red herrings that were uh placed throughout the movie and some of it more on the nose. It's not others. a mystery. I mean, there there's mysterious things that, but it's not like there's not a solve at the end of the movie. So sort of. I mean, I was just more. I mean, there's about a resolution, the... but I mean, you're like a red herring would mean like you're being led certain ways to think this or that or the other. But I mean, it's it's you have you have Ed Harris in there and Michelle Pfeiffer, and then you also have something weird that happens with the toilet, and it's just like what is what's what's this supposed to be? Um, and Again, they are great as character actors in this movie, but I just to to kind of give it a, a a review of well, you know, it's artistic and it's up to everybody's interpretation. That's loud. That's, yeah, sorry. That's white noise. <laughs> uh, to give it the uh, you know the review of well, it's artistic and it's up to your interpretation. I understand that, but sometimes it's just this is just some. Uh, some stuff that he threw together, and I just, that's the feeling that I got. That's, I feel like that's understandable. I can't fault anybody for, like, drastically hating this movie, because... Oh, yeah, no, if, if I had my way, the box art, that if, if I had a quote on the box, I would say, audiences will hate it. That would be yeah. my, my thing that I put on there. Because, <laughs> like, no doubt, a movie that's not you either, I, yeah, you either, you either like it or you don't, and that's totally yeah. fine. Um, I... I think the thing with with the toilet that you mentioned is 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 the only thing where I was kind of like what okay I I guess Darren all right like <laughs> and then and then everything else but I think 
it's it's surprising because I, you know, in my quest to not know anything about this movie and going into it, like thinking about the things that I took away from it, narratively, thematically, um, maybe it's because I was so intensely focused on experiencing it in the moment. Sure. That it's like all of these other things that are coming out of it. I'm like, oh yeah, like that would tie into that thing that happened. You you know, I came I came away with it more from like a a relationship. Men are terrible. Religion maybe side. It all ties together. I think that's what that's yeah. the beauty of the film. It's just all these themes just kind of converge, and it says so much about so many different things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What I, 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 Abe, I certainly respect what you're saying. Obviously, I mean that's the way I would feel. Sure Thanks. Care what you're saying. <laughs> I, I mean, at the same time, I, I mean, you could disagree. I could dis- I, uh, No, I, well, I, I mean, I do disagree. What I'm saying, I mean, I, I understand there's there's yeah. there's a lot, um, but to say it's art for art's sake, that's not. I don't think that's completely fair because it's not. It, there is not like he's not throwing stuff at the wall and editing it exactly. together. And being like, yep, yeah, that's good enough. Like he knows exactly what he's doing. Like, sure. it's, it's, yeah, there, there's he, like a mastercraft to it, uh, and I'm, I'll he knows what themes he's building into, and it's 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 not unfair for anyone to take something differently away. But I do think he has a specific intent with the film that comments on both his own relationships. Uh, I think there's you can you can look at you know the the world he exists in currently where he was married to Rachel Vise. There's a character at the very beginning that looks very much like Rachel Vise, and then that goes away, and suddenly Jennifer Lawrence is here, who he's currently dating. I mean, there's there's stuff that's very personal in this movie as far as mm-hmm. what he's trying to explore and being this artist who's who's you know maybe had some stumbling blocks as far as what he's trying to do with his work um, and how he's trying to get over that. Um, in addition to his own thoughts on you know on faith and religion honestly where he's he, he's attempting to com- to box that all into a house literally and have these kind of characters that represent sir i mean he he clearly he has a thing he's doing here oh, and I, yeah. I i like the idea that you can go, walk out thinking like well that was just about the environment or that was about hollywood <laughs> like there's ways to take it which is not unfair but i i i think it works because of that because and it Whatever Paramount was thinking, where it's like, yeah, everyone should see this. I mean, good on them. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I was certainly intrigued by that. It's just, it's so utterly different. And I'm, you know, I'm not here to praise anything that's different just because it's different. Of course, I think there's yeah. a lot of, there's right. a lot of great things in this movie. I mean, I, there's a kind of almost like a Kafka quality to the first half, where it's just people, you know. Uh, Harris and Pfeiffer show up and then the sons show up and they're just kind of there and the rules keep challenging Lawrence and because we're following her perspective we don't know what to think either so you just kind of have to roll with it just like she does and it's I, I, I was interested in the frustration with that that's the kind of thing that tends to like get me excited in a movie where because it's so it's you can't you can't like grasp quickly enough to what the current set of rules are and then they change to another kind of thing where it's like oh now these people are here okay what do I do then I like that it's so disorienting in that manner. And then that, I mean, then there's this kind of middle period where it's just dread because you don't know what's going to happen because things are seemingly calm, but you know, that's not the end. And then the third act does arrive and I'm like, okay, (laughs) this is clearly, this is way more bonkers, but also (gasps) the the work done to kind of have a camera flow through these different environments, people like that. I was so astounded by how effective that was in, being able to pull that off in a movie again that I think is you know didn't cost too much so there's a lot of 
creative digital work going on or whatever um, to make that come to come to pass that I, I was into it. I was just into like what's like, I, I don't know what's going to happen here, but I, I want to follow along with what's going on. Well, let me let me ask you guys this. Did you find I mean, it's the idea is that it's billed as kind of this horror movie or at least a psychological mm-hmm. horror movie. Did you find a sense? I mean, we talk about this a lot, Abe, with uh, with it the past yeah. couple weeks. Did you find a sense of kind of dread? in this movie or anything yes. frightening oh movie. yes absolutely i feel like there was more suspense and dread in this film than any horror film i've seen the past year i was genuinely terrified at every corner that jennifer lawrence turned to so and that wasn't the case for it or things that i've seen earlier this year yeah because i yeah because you're <clears throat> what i think was this movie hughes very similar to american crime uh the tv show in that it's done a lot in close-up. Close-ups and wides are what American crime shoots in. And it's like just being on Jennifer Lawrence's face and like when her, Michelle Pfeiffer, Ed Harris, and Javier Bardem are having a conversation and it's like you see just she like will glance to the side and it's like, oh, F, what is about to happen <laughs> in this moment? Because we are just so locked into these people and, you know, her world is unraveling and you're just there with her so yeah it it was it was terrifying it's also very funny but like sometimes you're laughing because you're like what is about to happen haha this is very funny but like (laughs) i'm really scared you know that type of laugh yeah there there were certainly some parts of of dread i suppose uh, but i i certainly felt the frustration aspect and i was really glad when when uh you know Jennifer Lawrence's character kind of gets into some action with some people. Um, that was fun, and that was great to see because uh, I just wish that there was more of it. But there was. It, it's not that kind of movie. I'm not saying like, oh, I wish that this was like an action movie. Like her next movie is gonna. I know, be. I know. I mean, she's reactionary throughout right, the movie. Right. Yeah. Because like she, there, she's, there's a there's a point yeah. where things have to boil over, and she has to kind of right. say, "Get out of my house." Right. And, and you know, much of what you guys are saying, there's a lot of credit given to the intricacies of it because everything is a muted color you know the colors that she uses in her color swatching the colors that she wears um when it's shot on 16 millimeters so it looks like ultra grainy it has this very specific look to it right her character herself is is kind of like a quiet character so when these outbursts do happen it's great i i'm enjoying that and maybe that is another metaphor for something else but you know to to layer it on top of everything else is just like okay i i can see that there's some some beauty here and there's some awesomeness here um it's just for for what you're trying to do and for paramount release i think that's maybe perhaps why i was also confused is uh wow paramount did release this and aaron i love your comment of you know if you don't think that there's anything original being done in hollywood here's your answer um because that's very true but i mean it's you know it's out it's a 2000 years you don't have to like it at the same time this is this is them, you know, in a year where they gave you Baywatch, they're also like, also, Darren Aronofsky made this crazy movie, yeah. and we're going to give yeah. it to you. They said that this is like their Netflix release, right? They were like, Netflix can just throw out all these crazy movies mm-hmm. along with the standards, and nobody says anything, but a, a studio does it, and it's, you know. Let me, t- let me ask you guys this. Do you think this movie, if it had been, like, in a traditional... Early horror January release. Do you think box office wise it may have done a little better? It's, it's just, no. I feel like no. Really? I don't think so either. I just think this movie is it is too weird. Like we to succeed anywhere are tiptoeing right around. Like we can't even tell the plot to somebody. So I can't yeah, imagine exactly. coming. 
Not even because we're not trying to, because it's literally hard to explain what the plot is of this movie. Yeah. But yeah, no, I... I, I don't think there's a time of year where this suddenly does better. I don't, I, and even again, Thanksgiving, <laughs> well, like the mist came out on Thanksgiving, which is more mainstream and that failed. I mean, <laughs> I'm just joking about the Thanksgiving thing. But no, I know, is. but I mean, it's just like with horror, it's, there's no, that's why horror comes out all times of year because there's no, and I'm saying horror. I mean, I'm just using the general term right, horror. Right, I mean, right. it's, it's not strictly horror, but I mean, they, the kind of movie this is, it's one that an audience will either latch onto or won't. Um, and I know what, through, you know, halfway through this movie, I was like, no one's going to like this. Like, this is not, this is not well, a thing. I was still intrigued halfway through the movie. I mean, again, there's, there's some stuff that's being given to you as to, uh, interesting things that Domino Gleason is saying about, Oh, they left you in the house here all alone. Well, that's, you know, I was like, what, what does this mean? And then there's always, it, it almost gave me, um, what's that, what's that uh, Nicole Kidman movie, The Others? It kind of gave me, like, The Others kind of vibe of, well, is this something that is, uh, that is, that has happened before or keeps happening? Or, you know, did something happen in this house that is precluding her from leaving well, here, the house? I, I, so, I, so I have a question then. Like, yeah. how, okay. I think it's fair to say that eventually you just can't think, take things too literal anymore in this film. Is that fair? Did, or, or was anyone continually taking everything literal? I, 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 I kind of uh, yeah. came upon that within like 15 minutes of the movie. Okay. As, that's, soon, as, okay. as soon as one cameo came up, I was like, okay, I know I'm, I'm not watching reality anymore. Exactly. Because yeah. <laughs> I, I, I mean, it's weird to be like, audience, make sure to prepare by knowing this. But at the same time, you're like, if you can tell someone like, as long as you realize that this isn't the most literal movie to take in, then you might enjoy this experience more. Is yeah. that, but at the same time, I didn't. I didn't walk in thinking that. I just walked in. Th- I didn't think that I would have to kind of consider it that way. I just slowly catch up, and which is you know by design. I mean, the movie obviously starts with two human characters in a house. Like you're not supposed to think, "Yep, yeah, this is probably an allegory." Like it's just like you you kind of roll with it. But there is an attention yeah, that with certain audiences where you know it's just hard to kind of delve that deep into a film if you're not necessarily prepared for it. Now. Whether or not you're required to prepare for something, that's a different I, question. Yeah, I don't, I don't think you necessarily have to prepare for anything like this, but, um, again, I think that if you go in with, with uh, I don't know if, if intent is the right word, but if you go in, understand that this is a Darren Aronofsky film, you're going to get a Darren Aronofsky film. And if you go in thinking, oh, this is going to be one of the best horror movies of all time since maybe uh, because it's giving you vibes of Rosemary's Baby, it's like, you're going to be kind of disappointed by that. Well, see, I... I in that time, was the flimsiest I think it comparison is. that I heard thus far, to be honest. Like, when people sure. were mentioning that, I'm like, oh. I, I would agree. Yeah, don't go they're into not, it. They're not the same. Don't go into not it expecting <clears throat> Rosemary's Baby is very allegorical, very thematic, but it still has, like, a straight narrative. Yes. I don't go into this movie expecting, like, a narrative. <laughs> yeah, well, like, to- I tonally, I don't think it's that separate from Rosemary's Baby and yeah. Repulsion, for that matter. I think there's a lot. there's a lot there... Obviously not in plot form or even just in basic concept. And I, I get the only piece of marketing, I guess, that under that doesn't help, I guess, is that that poster that does look like Rosemary's Baby. At the same time, don't, don't you think like, that's purposely misleading, though, or just in a way like no, I'm saying that's the one piece that I probably don't agree with as far as how they're marketing. I think everything else, I think the trailer sells the movie I got to see. Yeah. I mean, you, but, did you go back and check like those super artsy posters and catch like yeah i put the lighter on the javier bardem one yeah there's there's yeah there's some 
imagery there that works in but, telling you what so, movie this yeah. is. So that's yeah. kind of what I was driving at is just, hey, cool, this is a piece of my mind. Now you can see it and experience it for yourself. Like, thanks, Darren. Uh, I'll 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 uh, show myself out. There's no score in this, which I think also helped. I thought that was cool. And I until, didn't even notice it. That's how I, that's how into the movie I was. Yeah. I didn't even actually like. I noticed that until until they had the rave scene. I was like, oh, that's the first music that they've had here. Oh, that's just diegetic that's just, too. Yeah, like, yeah. Exactly. That's not even like part of the yeah. movie. Yeah. But it's the the um after a week of it where. Terrence and I both were not fans of the score. I was oh, like, well, this yeah. is nice. I'm happy with this take on things now. Yeah, I didn't even, even realize that Mother didn't have a score. I was so <laughs> focused on what Because there's, there's not really, like, jump square or anything in this. Yeah. But, like, there are moments yeah. where you're like, huh, or, oh, okay. Like, But without, like, you know, there's no strings to suddenly alert you to the fact. So it's... Right. Yeah. Um, if, there's, if there's one thing I kind of would, would criticize, I... I the opening minutes, I do think, do a disservice to the film, mainly because I, I think I, I wouldn't say I figured it out, but I kind of, I had an idea of where it was going. Oh no, exactly. man, it comes full circle. That's what he's trying to prove. Yeah, but I think I could have got that without. I just thought it was jarring. I was like, okay, we're in for a ride here. I just, I, I don't, I generally don't like when movies do that of just like, hey, here's a, because um, uh, what's that one movie where the, with Stephen, what's his face, like Don't Breathe, does something like that too? Like that's more, that's one of the most recent examples I can think of. Yeah. And I was just like, I don't like where when when I'm just like, okay, well, I'm expecting for this scene to happen now. Um, later in the movie, so yeah, I would say I would say like this this film is more abstract than that scene, which is here's a direct thing that's going to happen later on, and let's flash back now. Like I didn't like that and don't breathe at all. Mm-hmm. This is better than that as far as handling that, but at the same time, just that's my own mind working against me. Where I'm like, well, that's me just piecing together how things are going to play out by having this kind of wraparound, I guess. But yeah. that's a minor thing, though. Honestly, <laughs> like it just, sure. Uh, any other? Thoughts? I think we've done a job of, <laughs> of, of walking things. around everything that we could spoil and talking about it in general. Yeah. We did a really good job. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I mentioned the actor. You guys agree with me on as far as the performances go? Oh yeah, yeah. I think the uh, acting is pretty I, good. Here. I would say that I know everyone loves Michelle Pfeiffer. Those kind of performances, to me, I like denote as SNL performances because they're very they're entertaining, but they're also very one dimensional. So when people say Michelle Pfeiffer is the best in show, I'm like. It makes me kind of cringe. I'm like, nah, you got to really look what, what Jennifer Lawrence was doing and be like, okay, there's a lot of nuance here, a lot of, you know, stressful work that she was undergoing. So that kind of, I get a little defensive when people say things like that. But I mean, Michelle Pfeiffer, don't get me wrong, great, amazing. But in terms of Oscar worthy, I would only focus on Lawrence. I see what you're saying there for sure. Ed Harris and her for sure. Like they're both, yeah. but they're also a part of the movie. And I think it's, I mean, based off, People know that they're in this, and I think it's wise that they're the two supporting characters that you focus on, and mainly because they're you know the biggest actors outside mm-hmm. of Lawrence and Blair. But there's you know others that show up. All like there's there's one God, it's hard to describe. Don't, yeah, just... <laughs> there's well that I think there's two. I think you could be thinking I'm thinking of, but there's yeah. there's one who has a it's a he who has an evolution throughout the later part of the film as mm-hmm. far as. I mean, he he plays a zealot. Let me say that's like he's that's he plays kind of a leader type character, and it's just the and that's a character actor I've seen in a lot of things, and it's like that's a re, that's a strong performance just based off all the things he has to do in there. Where these two are more Harrison Pfeiffer, they're just like they're here and they're playing specific characters, but yeah, there's not much to them beyond they're here to basically confuse Lawrence. Like that's their entire role in the film. Exactly. Why don't you want kids? 
Excuse me? I saw how you reacted earlier. I know what it's like when you're just starting out and you think you have all the time in the world. And, you know, you're not going to be so young forever. Have kids. Then you'll be creating something together. This is all just setting. Yeah, for Lawrence and Bardem, Bar by the way. I think, again, I think Bardem is really good in this movie. I think the, the role he has here, I think, is very... It's 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 so specific. So it's like the, he has to kind of play this egotistical take on a thing, and it's very, yeah. very interesting to watch him as a performer do all kinds of roles. So I was I, was, I, I liked what he was doing a lot in this movie. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Lawrence, I mean, Lawrence, she just blew me away. I was very 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 concerned about the age difference between the two leads when well, i first saw the trailer it. and they they address yeah. it and i laughed every time yeah. um because <laughs> i thought it was great uh but yeah she just you know I, women make the best horror protagonists just in general i think it's part partly due to us feeling you know like women are are weaker not that they are but just like the that sort of thought process and to just see her like watching her world unravel and was just great to witness. I do. I think I'm appreciating Javier Bardem more as the time goes on since I've seen the movie. What have you done? I'm so sorry. We're both sorry. I was telling her the story. It just, just, it just but, fell out. We'll, of my I, we'll, we'll search and find we it another one. I promise. Quiet! Because at first I was like, yeah, that was a good performance, but now I'm like. Hmm, how this thing ended and what he was playing like earlier and then in this scene where he handed her something, you know, it, it's growing in this. But yeah, I think everybody, everybody manages to be both locked into the character that they had to play, both big and small, but then also being like able to convey theme which i think is something really hard to do like i think you know they're playing representations of things but also playing characters yeah and which is why i keep going back to bardem because i think short of skyfall he's an actor who's very character focused without being hammy if you know what yeah. i mean and <laughs> he has a very interesting face and so it, <laughs> he, he does, does. I mean, he does the, yeah the I way he has yeah. to kind of provide certain expressions whether it's this kind of maniacal smile or if it's a look of concern, he very he knows how to do it without overdoing it in a movie that's very much overdoing it. So that's there's there's a lot of weird juxtaposition going on there as overdoing far as what it. kind that's of actors you're seeing. That's my box quote for it: overdoing it. Overdoing it. <laughs> in out now podcast. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, okay, so Joseph, this is how we do things on the podcast is we say when should you go and see this movie? That's how you rate films. When would you say people should go and see Mother? Oh my God! Uh, in a theater like the at home, they're in or like no, in a theater the at home on Blu-ray on oh my Red God, Box. In, a th- in a theater with audiences, absolutely. Wow! You need to like sense the palpable dread around you to really get the full-on experience. Terrence, you, oh, you got to see it in a the theater. Yeah. You got to know what the F cinema score is about. <laughs> Abe? I'd say you can wait till HBO for this. 
Yeah, I I mean, if I saw Noah in IMAX, I'd say see Mother IMAX. <laughs> like, that's the movie. Uh, uh, no, Mother had a, had a boat and a snake that took you through the, the evolution of man. I liked Noah. I, I, it was... <laughs> It has it had rock monsters. I was very. Into it. <laughs> I think Levitique has is really good. I know. Yeah. Oh, it's a great looking film for yeah. sure. Like all of Aronofsky's films have a great design. Even Requiem, which I don't want to watch again. Like it's a great I'll never watch that movie ever again. Yeah. Um, Pie, which is scrappy as hell. The pies are good. Anyway, okay, that's our thoughts on Mother. Um, which, yeah, it's a. I was not surprised by that cinema score. At the same time, it's like, yep, yeah, it's it's almost a way to promote it. It's almost a, like a badge. They could wear with pride. I'm sure Aronofsky is. Um, so let's move on now, guys. Let's get to uh, let's get down now feedback. Feedback, feedback, feedback. This is where we go over the various questions and answers on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash podcast. We asked you guys a number of questions, which you gave us answers to. And then you asked us a couple questions that we'll try to provide answers to. Yeah. First question we asked everybody, what's the craziest film you've ever seen in theaters? Uh, Corinne writes, The Devils and the Music Lovers. Thank you, Ken Russell. Jay has teeth. Cynthia has We Are the Flesh, 2016. Charlotte has Henry, Portrait of a Serial Killer. Chris writes Naked Lunch or Rubber. Farron has The Antichrist. Yves Rene has Seven. And Tyler has Mad Max Fury Road. Do you guys have any uh, replies to this? Craziest film you've seen in theaters? Uh, this one might take the cake. Um yeah. If I had a more crowded audience, that probably might have been the case, because no one walked out of my theater. I guess I saw 10 o'clock at night on Thursday. Yeah. Uh, Did anyone see the latest of, from the, I forget the name of the movie, but it's the guy who directed Stranger by the Lake? Oh, so, um, yeah, he had a follow-up film this year, right? Um, yes. I forget the name of it. No, I, I haven't. So you, you witness a live birth in that movie. Wow. So yeah. that oh. was the craziest thing I've seen. Far oh, I saw that in Sense8. I'm not. <laughs> no, but this was an actual film, Live Birth. Like it was yeah, just... so was so was Sense8. Really? Eight, oh yeah, they they eight did that in Sense8. Yeah, eight different women gave birth on camera. Yeah, maybe that's, that's why they had to cancel it. That's in the first season. <laughs> for people. I mean, it's not. I mean, they had like a, a nine-person orgy, so <laughs> nothing was out of the realm of possibility for Sense8. Another reason why they had to cancel it. <laughs> it's actually coming back for a movie, though, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. So good on yep. Sunset fans for causing Netflix to make a movie. We got our next question here. Uh, what's your favorite Darren Aronofsky film? Uh, Chris writes Requiem for a Dream. Amy writes Black Swan. Philip writes Noah. Even Renee writes The Wrestler. Justin writes Black Swan. Adam writes Black Swan. A lot of Black Swan love. I mean, that's yeah. probably the one I've watched the most. It's the most watchable of his films, probably. Black Swan is my favorite. I would I would still go for Requiem. Just because I was not expecting a film like that, so I mean, and yeah. Ellen Burstyn, oh my god, performance of the century right there. So she she's gonna win that game show. <laughs> Is she? I'll see. <laughs> <laughs> McDonald's great in that, but Chris McDonald as the game show host. <laughs> That's true too. Uh, okay, so the next question next question we asked everyone: favorite film about a simple home life being interrupted. Gary has a more. Philip has take shelter. Friend of the show, Amy, has a history of violence. Chris writes Avatar. Brene has Hush. And Justin has E.T. That Avatar answer is good. That's a funny answer. <laughs> um, I like Take Shelter. Take Shelter is a good answer. That's I like a good answer. That a lot. That's a good I would say the first 40 minutes of The Strangers, because I think that 
I'm never going to watch that movie ever again either. That's all I want to watch. The first 40 minutes are phenomenal. The, the third act is just a mess. But those first 40 minutes is just like quiet intrusion. It's great. Joseph, you were we were so close to being 100% on the same page, which you know is rare. Because I was the strangers was, was going to be my answer, and then you said the ending was terrible. <laughs> I did not like that. I love I love every minute of the strangers. So the strangers is a scare. Like that's maybe the last time I was legit like really scared in a horror movie was the strangers. Like that that yeah, that got me. It was. Um, also, it, it 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 has that same bad opening where it's like, let's show you how it ends. And I was not a fan of that. But beyond that part, I really like the strangers. Yeah, the just the dread of of leaving the camera there and watching these people not knowing that other people were in their house was also the stranger. Right. Also, the strangers also proves that it's not always sunny in Philadelphia. <laughs> that is true. If you if you've seen the movie, you know why. <laughs> Uh, next question we have is favorite film about a situation spiraling out of control. Amy writes Shallow Grave, In the Loop, and Death at a Funeral. Uh, Jacob writes Does the Matrix count? I mean, isn't that the general plot of a lot of movies? Well, yes, but I think you get it in the Matrix. Yeah, I think that would count. Yeah, you, your entire reality is upset by the fact that it's not real. Yeah, that's sense like spiraling. We're, out of we're turning to Duracell batteries. I mean, what if people like Energizer? <laughs> real question. <laughs> uh, Chris writes leaving Las Vegas The Shining oh and have to put the devil's rejects okay <laughs> Justin writes Black Hawk Down George writes Tucker and Dale versus Evil <laughs> Jason writes Jay writes Cabin in the Woods Philip writes Children of Men and Tyler writes Straw Dogs hmm. so this the question is about a simple life spiraling out of control right or just a, a situation spiraling out of control okay. yeah um Changing lanes. Oh, goodness. Yeah. yeah. I have a good one. Before, have I mean, you guys ever seen Before the Devil Knows You're Dead? Yes, yeah, so, yeah. The I have heard that. of it. Yeah. I feel like that would be a good answer. Yeah. Mine is going to be a separation. Mm. Ooh, nice. Yeah. yeah. Cause, because ooh. you made that movie and you never mentioned it before? Uh, yeah, because it's only the best movie ever made. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. And uh, next question. What actor do you think missed the chance of having a better career? This is in reference to American Assassin. Yeah. yeah. Um, the Kitsch. Taylor Kitsch, yeah. Hashtag Taylor Kitsch, which Ooh. we love Tim Riggins. Uh, Justin has Heath Ledger, also River Phoenix, two promising actors gone too soon. Uh, Corinne has Chris Noth. Uh, Dennis writes, it has to be Duray Scott. Uh, Ib Brene has Josh Hartnett. Philip has, that was my answer too. Tyler has Shia LaBeouf. Jason has Nathan Fillion. Gary has Carrie Snodgrass. Joe has Timothy Oliphant. And lastly, Darren has Toby Maguire. Hmm. I don't think Shia LaBeouf missed the chance of having a better career. <laughs> I think he has the exact career that he asked for. Yeah. I mean, when you well, wear a bag to your head on your head for a red carpet, you're kind of asking to have that kind of career. So I don't feel like Taylor Kitsch missed out. On a promising career because he decided to be got in a project. It. Um, ooh, this is a hard question. Did he flub it? I mean, he made choices that make sense on paper. And I like John Carter. <laughs> John Carter is a terrible film. That's I like a, John Carter. We're gonna, we're gonna have to take a really long drive now. <laughs> 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 uh, who was not having a better career? Skeet Ulrich. I'm, just, <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. No, I. I think Wait, that... does this have to be? This has to be a male? No, no, no. it doesn't. It doesn't. Anybody, any any actor that you 
thought was going to have a, a more promising career? I would say Catherine Ross, but that's taking it back to the 70s. Um, just because she's so, like, even Jennifer Lawrence's performance reminded me of kind of what she was feeling in, like, The Stepford Wives. Hmm. So I would have loved to have seen her in more things. I don't even, I don't have a good answer for this. It's okay. I feel like Shia, Shia would probably be, because he's very, very talented. But don't you think he's using the talents the way he wants to use his talents? Like he's he's rejected being the you know the trans continuing transformers and all that. Uh, I I don't I don't know if he's using it his power his great power um, <laughs> responsibly. Well, I can agree with that, but I don't I don't think he's regretting his choices either. Well, I, I mean I don't think Taylor Kitsch. I mean, he might regret John Carter, but I don't think he regrets True Detective, and that was dreadful. <laughs> <laughs> but on paper, don't, I mean, you say like Andrew Stanton's making a sci-fi movie. That seems like, yeah, why would I not want to sign up for that? Or like Oliver Stone's making a movie. I'll sign up for like, it seems like, yeah, those are granted oh, ideally. Like later I mean, Oliver Stone. But yeah, I, I would, you know, yeah. When you're given those director names, you would think that, yeah, perhaps. And it's, it's kind of bummer that, um, who's the other guy that, that's in, um, that movie with Taylor Kitchen and, and, uh, Oliver Stone. Aaron Taylor Johnson, Aaron, Golden yeah, Globe Johnson. winner, Aaron Taylor Johnson. Exactly, and also uh, Ryan Reynolds' wife, um, uh, Blake Lively. New girl, Blake. yeah, Blake Lively. It's not New Girl, Gossip Girl, Gossip Girl. Yeah. Blake so it maybe it's him, and you know some some actors don't really transition from TV into the big screen as well. But yeah. so is the is the the question who is like a terrible actor or is it who should be bigger no, it's just missed the chance of a better it's very it's you know it's general yeah, I'm i think it'd be to answer your question i think it'd be more the latter terrence who should be bigger okay well then i won't say the person i was thinking about because i don't want them to succeed <laughs> <laughs> so petty yeah that's the signal for the next question let's move on uh favorite ben stiller performance in answer to a brad status um even renee writes not really a fan of his but tropic thunder if i had to choose one Philip writes The Secret Life of Walter Mitty, and he was pretty funny in his episodes of Extras. Uh, Chris writes There's Something About Mary, Dodgeball, Tropic Thunder, in that order. Hmm. You know, I've never seen Reality Bites, and I don't know if that's worth watching. Is it? It's fine. Like It's okay. it's of the time, that's for sure. 90s. Yeah. It's very it's very Gen X 90s. Yeah. Uh, I give it a try Tropic Thunder as well, but I mean, Zoolander that, like, is sorry. Rea- reality, favorite. reality bites and singles are like the most nineties. Like this. <laughs> what were you saying? Say, I'm sorry. I was saying that Zoolander has grown on me quite a bit. He's become a cult favorite. Yeah, Zoolander would. Be yeah, Zoolander would be mine. It's blue steel all the way. I that's so an out, I'm so an outlier on that because I'm like, yeah, it's it's okay. I don't really have much thoughts on <laughs> Zoolander. Um, I mean. I do like Walter Mitty quite a bit, but as far as like his best performance, I, I do like when he goes just wildly over the top, or that kind of 90s period where he's doing more character stuff, because I'm a big fan of Zero Effect with uh, mm. Bill Pullman. And he's a sporting role in that that I really like. Uh, Alright. Okay. Well, now we move into questions that people asked us, so everybody here on the panel today we can answer it. Tyler asks everybody here today, back to it, can you see them trying to stretch the story out a little bit more than two movies? Considering the unparalleled success of the first one, uh, I don't. I mean, if, if you want to be calling it it part greed, then sure. But yeah. I, I think they have think a plan. They, they could do the adults, and then they could do a 
It Origins. <laughs> oh, oh, interesting. Now you've I, given Hollywood the ideas. So, like, when Ben goes to his first New Kids on the Block concert? No, I'm thinking um, more like just, when like, it Pennywise first arrives. Yeah, yeah, when Pennywise first arrives. It's like I like my version. It's like 1930s circus. Ben arrives. But, yeah, that's... Like... The, reason, the reason why I don't think they will is they've excised a lot of backstory from, like, two particular characters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I don't think they could go a third movie with this group of people because they took out the backstory. I I would say Warner Brothers might be looking to be more in the Stephen King business. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as far as milking it for all it's worth, literally, um, I, I think they're, I think the focus is, yeah, we'll do the book that we've in the way we've chosen to do it. And then we'll move on from there. But again, I, if they can make that work, then something like the stand or Salem's lot, which are also kind of big novels themselves, those can be adapted into, you know, movies in the same way, ideally better, but, you know, see what happens. Hmm. Or just remake Shawshank. You know, one of those things. Remake Shawshank. Please (laughs) don't. You just see, like, the the internet would explode. (laughs) Like, we're remaking Shawshank. Yeah. As an eight-part ABC miniseries. (laughs) Um, Our next question is from Philip. What's the most obnoxious film you've ever seen where it felt like the director was purposely antagonizing the audience? That's a great question. That's a really good question. And, I I mean, you can take this in a lot of different ways, right? You know, whether you were personally upset or you just saw a whole bunch of people leave the audience, uh, leave the theater. So, um, it actually made me curious because I had to go back and start looking things up, and I still don't have a great answer. What's, um, is it Haneke who did, um, Funny Games? Yes. Yeah, the, specifically the U.S. remake of Funny Games. I feel like that was one where he's like, I'm, I'm going to bring this to you, and you're going to be very upset at me throughout it, and I'm going to have them do actions that literally, you know, poke fun at what you're expecting. Like, that 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 was, that was an upsetting film to me. I think there's good stuff in it, but that was one where he's like, God, you know, he knows exactly what he's doing, because he literally has a character just walk, you know, talking to the camera, telling you what he's doing. Mm-hmm. It was very upsetting to me. This is ooh, this is a good question, because um, my mind immediately goes to one of these new Alien movies. <laughs> <laughs> he personally I mean, antagonized the audience. I, I mean, I think you can make an argument for Alien for Scott recognizing certain things about what audience expected and what he's doing per, in that in that's, Covenant. That's, well, yeah, well, um, and like the. What was the one before Covenant? Um, Prometheus. Yeah. Well, that one I felt like I felt like this whole series is is in reaction to, like, you know, art is a conversation. So I feel like it's Ridley Scott's reaction to the conversations that we're having about his universe. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't know if I'm with it. I mean, that wouldn't be the most. I'd have to go like way back in like my movie viewing, but that one just popped up because Joseph is here. <laughs> Joseph, do you have any thoughts on the question? Oh, my God. Um, obnoxious? I mean, I cannot stand a lot of these, like, military movies that just have such a skewed, jingoistic, like, feel. Like, Lone Survivor. It just hmm. pissed me off at the very end when that village kid fell in love with Mark Wahlberg. I was like, just because oh, he's that's understandable. Hero, oh, my God. That angered me so much. So I would say maybe Lone Survivor on that front. I love Terrence's reactions to your comments. <laughs> Joseph loves to hurt me. That's <laughs> Aaron, did you have any? 
I'd say that's the funny games, oh, the funny US games, remakes, okay. funny games. Uh, I'm trying to, if I think of any others, I'll shout them out. Yeah, exactly. Like, purposely attack, like there's, because there's out. certain like winking lines in movies that are sometimes irksome, sometimes not, but not, that doesn't feel like the direct, you know, it's not like the entire movie's ruined because of this thing. Or say, you know, having a character in like Transformers say, this is so much better than Armageddon. It's like, okay, that's a thing. Like, whatever. Yeah, I, I mean, th- that film as a whole didn't antagonize me though, because that's kind no, of... That's, what, I, that's what I'm saying. I mean, there's lines that I can think of from movies, but I'm trying to think of like a movie that's devoted to the director saying, this is what I was trying to do or whatnot. Yeah. Maybe some Uwe Boll films, perhaps. The Revenant just popped into my mind. Interesting. Um, one of the reasons why I don't like The Revenant is that I don't feel like my suspension of disbelief just isn't there. So having long takes of Leonardo DiCaprio falling over multiple waterfalls in freezing cold water um, was very tough. And that's a very, like, that's in Yari too being like, I'm directing this. Lubeski is shooting this movie, you know, in, like, all caps <laughs> with an exclamation mark at the end. So, hmm. Yeah. I feel like the hatred toward that film is mostly disgruntled people who were mad that Birdman won. <laughs> Honestly, I feel like that carried uh, No. Although Birdman, yeah. Birdman is a good... Maybe Inyari 2's just latest output. All of his movies are, like, very directed. Um, hmm. And sometimes, you know, when we talked about Mother Mother is very directed, but, like, I still feel like there was enough of a step back from... Aronofsky and and what was being told that it didn't feel like I was being manipulated into the craziness that happened. It just sort of happened. Um, so yeah, it's an interesting question as far as kind of how director regards to what audience have thought about their previous work yeah. applies to what they do going forward. I think that's a good, yeah. just, you know topic of to, to you know go over in general. But that's not this podcast. That's just a simple question. Right, right. So thank you for the yeah, question. Thank you for it. That was a good question because I've I've turned movies off before, but not because I found them obnoxious or you know personally antagonizing to me. So that's and not not very many. Only two of them. One of them was Gung Pao. The other was that short film Abu was sucks that I wrote and directed. With the clowns in it, yeah. With the clowns in it, yeah. <laughs> Hashtag send Dave clowns. No, please don't. Anyway, send Dave clowns. <laughs> that was feedback, feedback, feedback. At Walrus Moose, send Dave clowns. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's move on. What 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 time is it? Aaron, I think it's time for a quick game here. Let it know, in fact, that's actually the cell phone ring of Ed, Harris, of Ed Harris's character, but you just never hear it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was, of course, the improv theme for games. Abe, do you have a game for us this I've week? we got a game for you guys. It's called Lines. And these are lines that I'm going to read to you guys from movies that have a nuclear family member in the title. For example, brother, sister, mother, father, etc. Huh, okay. In relation oh, to movie mother. So I'll read you guys a few lines, and again, if you know the answer... Say your name and give me the title of the movie, which will include, again, a nuclear family pronoun. Make sense? Gotcha. Yes. All right, here we go. First one should be kind of a gimme. It ain't the way I wanted it. I can handle things. I'm smart. Not like everybody says, like dumb. I'm smart, and I want respect. That's a gimme? <laughs> the Yeah, kind of. So I've got two, two of them, so here's the other one. You're nothing to me now. You're not a brother. You're not a friend. I don't want to know you or have anything to do with you. I don't want to see you at the hotels. I don't want you near my house. When you see our mother, I don't want. I want to know a day in advance so I won't be there. Aaron. Aaron. The Godfather. The go- yeah. Uh, 
part two. Part Thank you for that. Yeah, I got the part oh. two. Yeah. Jeez, <laughs> oh, I haven't seen that movie in so long. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> Yeah, that like, first one threw me. The second one I got because he's talking to Fredo. I got yeah. that. <laughs> that was Fredo talking. I'm smart, Mike. I got passed over. Now I get, okay, maybe if you did the accent, I would have been way I, I, I thought about doing accents, but I was like, that would really give things away. <laughs> All right, here we go. Listen, I know we started out as a foe, but after that courageous act that you showed me against the other one, the one they called Derek, maybe someday we could become friends. Friends who ride majestic translucent steeds shooting flame arrows across the bridge of Hemdale. Terrence? Terrence. Stepbrother? Stepbrothers is correct. Oh, jeez. Wow, movie I've never seen before. Okay. <laughs> I can hear. I collect hobbies. I see something, or I see someone doing something I like, and I get books and, and learn how to do it. Oh, I, I know this, but I don't know how to think of the movie. Follow-up. You don't understand what my brother does. He writes his cons the way dead Russians write novels, with thematic arcs and embedded symbolism and shit. And he wrote me as the vulnerable... Aaron. Aaron. The Brothers Bloom? That's right, yeah, Brothers Bloom. I would have never gotten that. Okay. (laughs) Next one here. Not likely. That's Bobby Mercer, heavyweight champion fuck-up of the family, and that's a well-defended title. Aaron. Aaron. Four brothers. Four brothers is correct. <laughs> Jeez. Next one here. I'll tell you what I'm doing. I want to buy eight hot dogs and not and eight hot dog buns to go with them. Mm. Once no one sells eight hot dog buns, they only sell twelve hot dog buns. So I end up paying for four hundred four buns I don't need. I wish I wasn't fumbling <sighs> this shit up. Uh, so I end up paying for four buns I don't need. So I'm removing the superfluous buns. Yeah, and you know why? Because some big shot over at the Wiener Company got together with some other big shot over at the Bun Company and decided to rip off the American public. Because they think the American public is a bunch of trusting nitwits who will pay for anything they don't need rather than just make us think. Well, they're not ripping off this nitwit anymore because I'm not paying for one more thing I don't need. George Banks is saying no. God, I should... It's right there and I just... (laughs) You can do it. Aaron? Aaron? Father of the Bride? Father of the Bride is correct. Uh, that's a good monologue. I was like, that's, that's something I know. And then you said George Banks. That's yeah. what I got. I gave it to me. Here we go. I guarantee you she is no bride. She is Sister Mary Clarence of St. Catherine's Covenant. She's a model of generosity, virtue, and love. You may ha- you have my word for it, gentlemen. She is Sister a... Act. Oh, Terrence. Sister Terrence. Act. Sister Act. Oh. Part Sister Act yeah, 2, Back in the Habit. No, no, it's Sister Act. It's Sister Act. <laughs> I just wanted to double check you there. That's not double checking. You said the movie. Yeah, I said, the movie. <laughs> no. I said both movie titles. So last one here. Uh, nice belt. Yeah, congrats on your wrestling championship. Other one. My safe word is keep going. 2015 movie. Terrence. Terrence. Daddy's home. Daddy's home is not correct. Dang. 2015 movie starring two SNL alum. It's Sisters. Abe gets that one. In any case, that was uh, Nuclear Family Lines. Aaron, you are the winner of that with uh, a whopping score. And unfortunately, Joseph, you didn't get anything. But oh my god, yeah. I'm going to invite you back on 75% next time. 30% of those movies I've never seen. Okay. 30%? 75%. Holy I've cow. Seen, like, the Godfather, part two. Have you not seen Sister Act? Nope. Oh, a long, maybe a long time ago. 
Joseph. This is like when I, I, mean, was I haven't like, seen Sister Act since the '90s, so I'm yeah. <laughs> in strange company. It comes here. on HBO all the time. <laughs> I don't sit on HBO and be like, "Oh, Sister Act's on." <laughs> He's watching Westworld instead. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, good game, Abe. Thanks. Way to way to step it up in the challenge department. I enjoyed that because <laughs> I was challenging. Yeah, I'm glad that you got brothers, blue man, four brothers. Yeah. Well, the four brothers thing I thought was a gimme. That's yeah. a, that's a running joke on our show. Four brothers. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> anyway, let's uh, let's move on now. Let's get to out now potential top now. These are movies that are coming out on DVD and Blu-ray this week. First up, we have Wonder Woman. Yeah, go see it. Uh, the Big Sick. Yeah, go see it. Great film. Um, the Hero. This is the Sam Elliott uh, film where he's like the lead. I liked it quite a bit. I think that yeah, I guess maybe you talked about it because it sounds familiar. Yeah, I can't. Yeah, I saw it during the uh, the Newport Beach Film Festival. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah. Um, the Bad Batch. Mm-hmm. What's that? Terrence oh, Joseph. Sorry. No, my computer is being stupid. <laughs> oh no. Worries. Either of you see the Bad Batch? Nope. Heard of it. Haven't seen. That's, it. that's the one. Uh, from the, is that uh, the Anna Lily? I'm a, um, I mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, here, here, follow oh, up to Anna, the girl. Oh, Anna Lily, I'm a poor. Yeah. I heard that was to the home at night. <clears throat> Uh, let's see. Close Encounters of the Third Kind, 40th Anniversary Edition. Sure. This week. Steven Spielberg's best movie. It's a great film. I was happy to see it in theaters. Hmm. Some TV here. Arrow Season 5. Season 5 already. Kudos. Bates Motel Season 5, the final season, if I'm uh, not mistaken. I've heard int- mixed reviews on Bates Motel. Let's see. Lethal Weapon Season 1. I saw the that pilot, show, and it's just like... Did that show movie. make it to a second season? Yeah, I've, it did. I've heard oh. people like it. <laughs> wow. I didn't watch it, but I've, I've heard people are actually you know, fans of the Lethal Weapon TV show. Oh, there you go. Uh, let's see. Certain Women, I Criterion Collection this week. Certain... What, what was the uh, title? Certain Women. That was okay. the Kelly Reichardt film from last it's year. It's really good. Okay. As like, it's three three short stories, right? Yeah. It's like an anthology. Not an anthology. Wait, it's finally three, like, out? Yeah, it's coming out on Criterion. Oh, Criterion, okay. Oh, this yeah. movie, okay. Yeah, with, uh, with Kristen Stewart, Laura, Laura Dern, and Michelle, Michelle Williams. Williams. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Lily Gladstone, right? That's the other one in the Kristen Stewart. Yeah, she's the MVP. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, let's see. Firefly, the complete fifth series, 15th anniversary edition. Uh, I've heard great things. I've never seen it. You ever watched Firefly? I've never seen Firefly. So I don't get any of the jokes that are in Joss Whedon movies. <laughs> Let's see. The Lost World, not the Steven Spielberg oh, movie. Like Jurassic Park? The, the 1920s silent film featuring stop animation. Oh, interesting. Cool. That gets a Blu-ray release this week. And um, lastly, Starship Troopers, Traitor of Mars, which I believe is a CG animated I thought Starship you were going to stop with Starship Troopers. I was like, oh, that's cool. You know, it's good to see Paul, Ver- uh, Paul Verhoeven movies. To be fair, that did just come out on 4K Blu-ray. That's but true, in, yeah. addi- in addition to start in a, you know in honor of Starship Troopers Trader of Mars, which is uh, debuting this week. <laughs> That's what's on now. Next up, extremely cool. These things that are now streaming on Netflix or anywhere else. Uh, first up, uh, Jerry before Seinfeld. That's the new uh, Jerry Seinfeld uh, Netflix special. Mm, okay. This week, and uh, first they killed my mother. That's the uh, the latest from Angelina Jolie as a first director. They killed my father. Father, sorry. First yeah. they killed my yeah. It's been a mother week. First they killed my father. That's where's that being released? 
It's on Netflix. Oh, okay, gotcha. Is it on Netflix now or coming yeah, it, out this week? It came out on Friday. On, yeah, oh, like, wow. That's up now. The Seinfeld thing's up like on two, uh, of this recording. It's on the Tuesday, but this the... Uh, it's already up, right? Yeah. Julia, the, the Julia movie's up now. Yeah, I've read that autobiography. It's it's a tough read. It, it looks like a tough movie. So, yeah, yeah. okay. <laughs> Which seems to be her specialty so far. So. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Next week's show. Next week is our 300th episode. <laughs> woo, woo. And, uh, we, things will happen. We, yeah, things will happen. Yeah, I, uh, Kingsman. Uh, um, oh, that's right. It's going to be a double feature. Kingsman the Golden Circle arrives, as well as uh, the Lego Ninjago movie are all coming out next week. Um, so those will be discussed in some capacity. But yeah, it's our 300th episode. So uh, stay tuned, because we should have uh, you know, we'll something, have something in store for you. Yeah. yeah. And, um, yeah, the last thing we do here, uh, what should people go and see now, and what do you plan to see next? Terrence, what should people see in theaters right now? Um, you have to go see Mother. Uh, and what am I seeing? I think I'm going to try and see American Assassin. <laughs> but I am very excited for Kingsman coming up this weekend. Joseph, what should people see in theaters right now? Just to get under Terrence's skin, uh, Dunkirk, while it's still in theaters, for sure. <laughs> that's... What are you seeing next? <laughs> what am I seeing next? Yeah. Ooh, that's a good one. Uh, either Kingsman or Blade Runner. Nice. Abe? Right. I'd recommend going to see uh, anything other than Mother uh, or It. Uh, maybe even just watch American Assassin. Just have a bad time at the movies. Uh, and next, I'm gonna see Kingsman. I mean, wouldn't be wouldn't seeing Mother be a bad going to a bad time at the movies from your perspective? No, it could be, but then you'd be like, "This is really thought provoking." Well, you'd uh, be paying for the original movie as opposed to the trash. That's <laughs> true. That's true. Although I don't know, I don't know why CBS Films makes films. Actually, I don't know if they have a great track record. They have uh, Hell or High Water oh, and Side Little Davis. Um, well, those are some of their standouts. But uh, I'll be watching... I mean, you wouldn't get those if they didn't make movies. That's what you're asking. That's true. Uh, I'll be watching uh, Kingsman and uh, Ninjago next. Yeah, uh, I would would say see Mother in theaters, see Dunkirk if you can. I agree with that, Joseph. (laughs) uh, Terrence is never coming on again. (laughs) (laughs) You can outvote it. And uh, next, I believe I'm saying Battle of the Sexes next. Oh, okay. Steve Carell, Stone movie. Um, And yeah... Uh, and I'll see, and I don't know, I'll see Ninjago at some point as well. Nice. But uh, yeah, that's uh, that's going to do it for this week's uh, episode. You can find more of my work at the CodeAzeek.com. You can find more of my written movie reviews over there, as well as on Twitter at Aaron's PS4. You can follow me at Oakley Doakley on Instagram and Twitter.com slash Wallace Hashtag brothers. <laughs> uh, Terrence Johnson, where can you find more of your work online? Uh, you can find me at littlewildtour.net, L-E-N-O-I-R-A-U-T-E-U-R. That's also my Twitter handle. Joseph Brevin, where can people find more of your work online? You can find my work at uh, Twitter handle is at JB Award Circuit. All right. You can find all the other episodes about Now There and over on iTunes as well as on Audioboom. You can also listen to us over at HHWLOD, SoundCloud, or Podomatic. Feel free to send us any emails, uh, thoughts you had on Mother or anything else we discussed this week at outnowpodcast at gmail.com. Or you can write it on our Facebook wall, facebook.com slash outnowpodcast, or tweet us at twitter.com slash outnow underscore podcast. And of course, there's our Tumblr feed where you continue sending all the clown gifts you can to Abe. Send Abe clowns. Hashtag send Abe clowns. Send in the clowns? Uh, yeah. <laughs> those happy, laughy clowns. 
Uh, Terrence, Joseph, thank you both for coming on. Thank today. you both. Yeah, thanks for having me. Pleasure to be on. Thanks. Yeah. For sure. And uh, that's it for this, this this final episode of the 200 series before we get to episode 300 next week. So uh, until next time, so long and goodbye. So loud for you Cause I'm so proud of you And let me tell you what I'm about to do Mama, I know I act a fool But I promise you I'm going back to school I appreciate what you allow for me And I just want you to be proud of me I want to tell the whole world about a friend of mine This little light of mine I'm finna let it shine I'm finna take y'all back to them better times I'm finna talk about my mama if y'all don't mind I was three years old When you and I moved to the shy Late December, hard when they gave me a cold You picked me up something that was good for my soul Famous homie chicken soup, can I have another bowl? You work late nights just to keep on the lights Mommy got the trainer wheel so I can keep on my bike And you would give me anything in this world Michael Jackson at the end of the club but didn't get me on curl And you never put no man over me And I love you for that, mommy can't you see? Seven years old, caught you with tears in your eyes Cause if you're cheating, telling your lies Then I started to cry as we knelt on the kitchen floor I said, mommy, I'ma love you you don't hurt no more And when I'm older You ain't gotta work no more And I'ma get you that mansion That we couldn't afford See y'all Unbreakable Unmistakable Highly capable Lady that's making loot A living legend too Just look at what heaven do Send us an angel And I thank you Mama I wanna scream so loud for you Cause I'm so proud of you And I, let me tell you What I'm about to do Mama I know I act a fool I promise you I'm going back to school I appreciate what you allow for me I just want you to be proud of me Boys come, mama said Life is like a box of chocolates My mama told me go to school, get your doctorate Something to fall back on you could profit with But still supporting me when I did the opposite Now I feel like it's things I gotta get Things I gotta do This is where we play some of the trailer for Mother Knocking on the door Oh, hello! Uh, your husband invited me to stay the night that's your that's your Ed Harris. That's my Ed Harris. Yeah. Hold on, here's that my Harvey Birdem. Yeah, here's my Harvey Birdem. Uh, this gentleman is a doctor. I, we cannot turn him away. <laughs> not, not bad. Yeah, <laughs> not, the, not the best either. And then crazy stuff. Oh, and then Michelle Pfeiffer shows up. Oh, and then they start having uh, weird questions about uh, why he's got a photo of you in his bag, and then. I don't know if there's music. More and more people show up. Yeah, more people show up. Oh no, there's searchers in the in the in the surrounding areas with the flashlights on. Oh no, now there's like a ring of blood death down the door, and then it says mother. Light bulb explodes. Yeah. <laughs> I think you got it. Good. <laughs> it's pretty good. That's right. it in a nutshell. Yes. All right. <clears throat>